0: what's your favorite scary movie be afraid be very afraid you're gonna need a bigger boat here's johnny the power of christ compels you the power of christ compels you whatever you do don't fall asleep Hi, I'm Jamie. And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, everyone. I don't have my lenses on today, but it's okay.
1: (laughs) You're always in
2: your head. Oh.
1: (laughs) It looks like you have a headache and you're rubbing your temples. (laughs) Like, oh, Oh. what what a long week of Hamilton. So much orphanages. (laughs)
0: You're not wrong, Brian. Some of the orphanages, um, fun times. How's it going? We don't here.
1: ask you about that. How's that going?
0: It's great. We're in Appleton, Wisconsin right now, which we mm-hmm. actually were here a couple years ago, pre-pandemic. Um, I'm staying in a different spot, so I'm a little closer to downtown stuff. But, I mean, it's a quiet quiet town, quiet village, provincial would you, town. Well,
1: Nikisha, would you, would you say that it's quiet uptown?
0: It's quiet you, downtown.
1: You, okay, that's <laughs> yes. fair. You, you, you set me up for that one. That's not. I, I don't take the blame for
0: that. I did. Know, t- you know totally I did. That's totally my fault. That's totally my
1: fault. It's
0: fine. It's fine. There are people who uh, feed into that, so I'm sure they love you for that right now, Brian.
1: It's all good. <laughs> it's not the majority. I'm sure. <laughs>
0: Uh, grand. So I'm excited to talk about this movie because this will be only the second time that I've watched this. But mm. we are talking about the 2014 horror film It Follows.
2: Okay, my turn. Okay. Okay, got it. How about the girl in the yellow dress? Where?
1: Right there. And
2: it's here. Right there. Are you teasing me? I'm um, sorry, I just I don't I don't see what you're talking Can
1: we about, go? But... I'm sorry, I just I just don't feel well. Can we can we go back to the car? Is there someone in there that made you want to leave?
0: Like an ex-girlfriend or something? said you saw a girl with yellow
1: dress. Is that someone that you knew? No, I just felt sick. I feel better being outside.
0: So this movie was written and directed by David Robert Mitchell, and it stars uh, Micah Monroe with Keir Gilcrest, Daniel Zovato, Jake Weary, Olivia Lute, uh, sorry, Lucardi, and Lily stepped uh, in supporting roles. So lots to discuss uh, about the movie It Follows. Really excited to hear you guys' interpretation and take on this, because I've also been asking other people who have watched this movie how they felt oh, about cool. it.
1: cool. Huh. Yes. Oh, I'm excited to hear that. You did like yeah. a little straw poll.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's a <laughs> lot of people um, in Hamilton that also enjoy horror stuff. And shout out to my friends on the cast who do listen to uh, this podcast. Thank you guys Woo! so much. Can you imagine? <laughs> Slow claps.
1: Can you imagine? I think.
2: Uh oh, connection's bad. How do I? How do I boot <laughs> Brian off
1: this yeah, call? Yeah. Sorry. Forgiveness. <clears throat>
0: ah! <laughs> Asked for this twice today, Brian. <laughs> Listen, you know it. Wherever you go, it follows. Oh, okay, that's a great one. Uh, yes, we'll stick with that. I got you. I'm with you now. I'm on your side. Uh, grand. So, producer Brian, Well, now that you've said so many words, let's say some more words before we get into this podcast. Give us more words.
1: Sure. Hi, everybody. Producer Brian here. Um, we are talking It Follows today. We're super excited. We've been trying to do a couple more like contemporary classics that we really enjoy that we know that are either beloved by all or um, divisive. I learned that the ending of this movie is very divisive online. Um, oh. so we'll talk about that. Yeah, I didn't know that. I was I was doing some TikTok stuff. Follow us on TikTok at Talk Horror Pod. We're also do on um, Instagram as well as Twitter. <laughs> um, and we're on... Oh, yep. And we're on YouTube. <laughs> Hi, YouTube. What's up? Um, so I'm, I'm doing some more lists for um, for uh, TikTok. And one of the lists that was suggested was worst horror movie endings and best horror movie endings. Mm. Um, find us on t- Twitter um, and let us know what some of your favorite horror movie endings are, what some of your favorites are. No spoilers. Just list the title of the movies. Um, but it follows was on a ton of listicles as worst horror movie endings which mm-hmm. i found fascinating and we'll talk more about that cuz i'm it, 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 it and we'll, we'll get into that stuff but i, I didn't know that, I, that to, I didn't know that at all um, so anyway um, yeah wow, follow us great. on all social media yeah that's yeah. it
0: <laughs> no but that's that's really exciting cuz i mean we all kind of turned our noses up of like what <laughs> people yeah. thought it was a bad ending so okay cool I don't yeah. know. We'll get, in. we'll know. get into to yeah. all the things. But obviously, heavy spoilers for it follows. And Jamie, hand us those trigger warnings, please.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of sex in this movie. So, and references yes. to <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. Um, a lot of
1: sex in this movie. <laughs>
2: yeah. Say, hey, yeah
1: boy, tiny. you want to come over here and <laughs> catch what I'm giving you? Okay.
2: <laughs> Anywho, uh, yes, this movie is about uh, an STD and an STI, mm-hmm. uh, more or less. So, like, if that's triggering. Um, also, we do see some, some people who are deceased, uh, and mm-hmm. it's very unsettling to look at that <laughs> um, for yes. a variety of reasons. Like, I mean, seeing a dead body is already gross enough Seeing a dead body where their body parts are moved in weird directions um, is gross, too. So if that is very disturbing gross. to you, um, yes, very gross. There's also a gun in this movie. Um, someone does get shot. Uh, several people and things get shot. Um, and yes. just scary. Do we, do we
1: say assault? Creepy
2: people. Um, uh, no, there is assault. Um And sex workers, and um, uh, yeah, like uh, using chloroform.
1: Yeah, Um, not mm -hmm.
2: chlorophyll. My brain for a hot second was like, "Which one? Which one?"
1: What is it? Chlorophyll, more like borophyll. (laughs) Oh, Brian's on a roll today. I love
2: that. I love that quote. (laughs)
1: Yes, great. What is that from? That's Billy Madison. Never saw it. (laughs) Oh. Do you like Adam Sandler movies, or are you just like not like you don't know them that well? Like not what you grew up with?
0: It's not what I grew up with, but I will tell you the Adam Sandler movie that random side note that me and my mom love is um just go with it.
1: Oh, really?
0: <laughs> and it's so random, but every time me and my mom just have the f- funnest time just watching that movie. It's it's, yeah, it's quite that. grand. And I know that's probably like CDEFG list of Adam Sandler movies in general, but Just Go With It is actually one of my favorites.
1: <laughs> but he and, he and Jennifer Addison have very good chemistry on they screen do. in
0: general. They do. So like that
1: definitely makes up for a lot of the – because that's is, – is that Brooklyn Decker in that movie as the other one or who's the other oh, one yeah.
0: in that movie? Uh, I mean I don't I know don't,
1: like real people's – Names except
0: oh, sure, for sure. those those <laughs> two. But and then there's like the random sheep scene that just makes me laugh every time.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, Decker those. is in that movie.
1: Okay. Yes. Uh and but, that's been yes. Adam Sandler Corner. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Which I think was well worth the, the the thirty seconds to talk about him. Okay. But have you guys speaking of just watching things, have you guys watched anything this week?
1: Uh, I was. Oh my gosh! I was about to say we watched It Follows. <laughs> you no, know, we've good been job. playing the new Zelda game, Tears of the Kingdom. That's been our entire lives.
0: Oh, is it good? And Do you like it?
1: It's, it's great.
2: Excellent so far, and it's pretty yeah. spooky. Okay. Yeah, it has that's true. Very, it has like very like spooky vibes. You get like in the like the very beginning of the game. There's like a creepy zombie-like mummy creature. Um, mm-hmm. Spooky spooky hands that have been spooky chasing
1: hands.
2: around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're creepy.
1: Evil dead vibes <clears> in throat> some throat> places for yeah. sure.
2: Okay. Oh, yeah. He loses, nice. he loses his hand. Spoilers for Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Spoilers. Hands will be lost. Zelda, hands will be lost. <laughs> uh, well, something that is completely the total opposite of anything horror. I uh, Queen Charlotte came out, guys. If you're a Bridgerton people <laughs> and uh, I... Basically binged it, but I have the last episode left because I don't want it to end. And there's only six episodes. Mm. And so I'm just waiting to watch the ending. And I mean, I can't wait for much longer because my TikTok is full of just Bridgerton things. And then a random, uh, what I sent Jamie, which was really crazy, somebody did an AI of horror movie characters at the Met Gala. (laughs) And I'm like, Brian, what? I'll
2: show it to you later. It's yeah. It's weird.
0: It's so weird, but people are just going crazy with this AI thing. But anyway, all that to say, like my TikTok is going to spoil it for me eventually, but because everyone has been in their feelings about the end of Queen Charlotte. So I'll watch it soon, but it has been my entire um, existence for the past week, which I don't mind because it's so good. So if you're Bridgerton fans, watch Queen Charlotte. It's great my plug. That's my Queen Charlotte corner
1: because it's lovely. <laughs> Yours was much fancier than ours.
0: It really was a parlor talk, if you will. You know. Come, sit, have a drink. It's parlor talk. <laughs> so many parlors. Uh, fantastic. So let's get into it follows. We need a two minute plot summary. Watch the plot? <laughs> Um, I remember Brian last time was going to
1: do it, but then Jamie okay. volunteered. So, then so who better I'm volunteering than to Brian. do it
2: today, than Brian. Yes. Okay,
1: I'll do it. <laughs> All right, that works for me. Is someone gonna? Someone's gonna do the uh, two minutes you. for me. I already right.
2: have the timer open.
1: Already? Oh, did and it you? Was you is this collusion. There? Collusion. It
2: <laughs> <that>. Yes.
1: <laughs> All um, right. Okay. Cool.
2: Producer Brian. Are you yes. ready to give us a plot summary in under two minutes?
1: Yeah, I think I can do that. I, th- I think this one will be fast. Yeah.
2: So you say, but yeah. time yeah. will tell. Mm-hmm. E- <laughs> All right. Ready, set, go.
1: Okay. It follows starts with somebody who is being followed in what could be considered a top 10, top 20 opening sequences in a horror movie. Um And we don't know what's going on. She ends up dead on a beach. We're very confused. Um, And then we go to a girl named Jay, who was a university student in Michigan, um, and she has this new boyfriend, or they're starting to date at the very least. Um, Long story short, um, they have sex, um, and he ties her to a wheelchair after chloroforming her, after chlorophylling her, um, and uh, essentially says, like, look, someone's coming at us. Um, I passed on this curse to you through sex um and so someone is always going to be following you and walking steadily but coming to basically kill you if it kills you then it goes back to me so it's kind of like a chain in that way so you're never really truly rid of it you're always looking yourself over looking over your shoulder um a lot of instances happen in this where she is being followed um, she tells her friends, uh, her sister, her sister's friend, and the mutual friends. Um, she gets attacked on the beach, and then she ends up giving it to their friend Greg. Uh, Greg ends up dying from this, and then in the end they decide that they're just going to try and take it out once and for all. There's a big sequence at the uh, like high school pool, or whatever it is, um, and uh, they think they get it, but they don't really get it, so she has sex with um, their friend Paul, um, and then and Paul goes and potentially gives it to, um, like, uh, a, 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 um, a prostitute. I couldn't think of the word prostitute. Um, and then at the end, they're walking away and holding hands like they're together now. Paul had a crush on her the whole time. And then behind them, you see somebody walking, and you're uncertain if it is the following demon, monster, whatever it is, or just a person behind them. They're always looking over their shoulder. That's it followed. Yeah.
0: Ooh. That was great. Not too shabby. <laughs>
1: and <that's> the
0: plot. <laughs> not too shabby, Producer Brian. Fantastic.
1: Speaking of Adam Sandler, not too shabby. That's from the Hanukkah song. Ah, uh, no. okay, 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 yes, yes, yes. Okay, anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Okay, but really quick, was the Hanukkah song just like a random thing that he came out with, or was that an SNL thing?
1: Random um, side note. that's on his album his one of his first albums so, okay yes cool 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 i think Wonderful. i think other versions of the hanukkah song like there's a second one or a third one i think one of those was done on snl um mm. and, and but maybe i'm wrong i don't know but yes
0: okay fantastic i mean i've people have sang it before so I've, i was familiar with that one at least uh grand so let's get into our first segment which is likes and gripes and now our likes and gripes. So so many things with this, but Jamie, let's start off with you and you tell us your relationship with this movie and some likes and gripes. And then maybe kind of get into how you felt about the the ending and we can talk about it as a collective.
2: Yes. Um I have no <clears throat> memory of when I first saw this film. I feel like my entire memory is just like, I've seen this film, I've seen it many times uh but I have a bad memory so I have no idea what my first watching was I just know it's like I was born with this knowledge that I really enjoy this film and it's great Mm -hmm. um so yeah I I've seen it many many times um and I I mean it's a it's a top contemporary horror film for sure for me um I, as Brian alluded to, the opening of this movie is definitely a top five for me um, because you have no idea what's going on. You seemingly don't see any threats, but you see that like this person is terrified and running from something in those heels, no less. Like, oh, I feel so bad. Like, I'm like, just throw them. You don't need those. Check them Um, away. I know it 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 upsets me. Um, and then, and then just like, you know, transition to day when you see her dead body and like that jump scare still gets me. It's, it's, mm. ter- it's truly terrifying. You're like, oh my God, whatever this is, is like the worst thing ever. And I'm sure we're yes. about to find out all about it. It's just like a great explanation of like the threat is so high. So like get ready. Like you're already bought Mm -hmm. in. So I really like the way that they kind of like prime the audience for that. Um the scene where uh Jay gets chloroformed is very upsetting and then like wakes up in the in that like parking garage plant wherever they are, um, in the wheelchair is like very upsetting too because like there's the part where it's like we just we just watch this person die but like we don't know how and Mm -hmm. now we're getting this very weird explanation and like we can see what they're seeing but it doesn't quite make sense is this real or is this not real and like all Mm -hmm. of that like playing with like making us question reality is is also really enjoyable um so I really like that I really like how we don't really know when this movie takes place intentionally like the technology that we see in this movie as far as i know doesn't exist i don't know anybody who has like a fancy little uh clamshell yeah um, yeah clamshell thing that also is like a kindle reading device right Um, very weird but like i think it's but but like then the vibe also so like that feels future but the vibe generally kind of feels like weird like late 80s 90s like aesthetics yes. overall so i like that you don't exactly know like when this is kind of signaling that like this this threat is forever like there is no there's no like specific time frame where like the fear of passing something along to somebody else is is like specific to that we're so- always having that
1: so I have a list of things that make it indistinct that I just want to tack on to what you're saying yeah. here. Oh, yeah. Um, That's great. I think you know um, this. So it's the, um, it's that synth score, that like 80s, 70s mm-hmm. synth Absolutely. score that kind of puts you yes. someplace and you're not sure. This movie just in its pace has a very nostalgic feel to it. Yes. Um the clothes are indistinct. There are no logos. It's all striped shirts, collars, t-shirts with like bathing suits. It's not it's not a ton of things. Also her underwear doesn't feel like contemporary, but it also mm-hmm. doesn't feel like old-timey. Um just like in in general there, but the clothes are brighter. Um uh, the old movie theater, it's not like a cinema, it's not a cineplex or anything like that. Um, the weird clam kindle, as you mentioned. Um, the clindle. The, tr- the clindle. The uh, um, also Also, <laughs> the only cell phone use in this movie is the opening sequence with her on the beach. Um, Mm -hmm. When she talks to her dad, uh, Mm -hmm. everything else is that clamshell or um, like she calls Greg's house with the um, cord with the with the um, the phone with the cord on the wall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, With the house phone number. Um, So those are all things that feed into feeling that also the high school feels nostalgic and old like, um, you know, like also the taking place in Detroit with all the rundown homes gives it this like. You know, this, this like, older school feel. I feel like a lot mm-hmm. of contemporary movies are told in cities or are told in, like, prevalent neighborhoods, which this has. But yes. it also has a little bit of that, like, 80s feel there. So, um, uh, that that's kind of w- what I got from it in general, uh, just to tack on to Jamie's excellent point. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, no, that's a great list. But, yeah, there's, like, something about just, like, the overall vibe that, like, is really you know, tapping into my nostalgia of, like, like summertime in the suburbs and, like, swimming mm-hmm. in pools and, like, riding bikes and, like, all of that stuff, too. Um, like, there's something that, like, <clears throat> even though I'm older now, it, like, makes me feel like I'm a younger person with the same concerns that they're having while watching yes. this. And I really just like that they're able to, like, bring me back to that time which you know freaks me out more because it's like oh yeah like you do have to be scared like I think like adding on to what I'm saying but like their age too it's like they're they're young people but like they're not quite kids but it's like that middle school Mm -hmm. into high school kind of age where it's you know you're you're in adolescence you're learning about dating and sex and things like that but like you're still like, there's still something very young about, um, about Jay's friend or I mean, her name's actually Jamie. I'm not, uh, scary. Um, <laughs> no. but like her friends, her friends are like so young and then she's the one who's like going on this date and like having sex with this person. But like, I don't know. It just reminds me of like being in middle school with my friends, learning about sex and being absolutely terrified. Um, and, and just like this time period it's like it's very weird how easily it's able to like put my brain back into that time frame mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. like very very effective at doing it which is why which is why i find this movie so scary on rewatches just because it's like mm-hmm. i'm imagining myself in this terrifying situation or like a friend in this terrifying situation and and trying to navigate it where like you you If it's not you, like, how can you help when you can't see it? Which is the scariest thing to me ever. Um, I I have to shout out some of my favorite, like, spookery that happens. Some of the best (laughs) jump scares. Um, And I'm sure we'll talk about them. But, like, when they're in her house and something breaks in and everyone's like, nothing is here. And she sees the girl walking through her living room, seemingly Mm -hmm. like urinating on herself, which I think I've mentioned in a past movie. I hate that. I hate when people pee themselves. Mm. It's so upsetting to me. Um, So like watching that, but also like her mouth, like she kind of had like vampire teeth. It was like super weird and very unsettling. So like, that's terrifying. And so she hides herself in her bedroom and, like, lets in her friends. But then her other friend is trying to come in. And when they finally open the door to her and that very tall lurch guy Just is coming in. Oh, by. my God.
0: Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Terrifying. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely.
2: Awful. I hate that. Um, <clears throat> and then ag- another shout out to when they're on the beach and mm-hmm. the, the girl comes up behind her and, like, all you see is, like, her hair go up. And, and everyone sees it, which like is also, I think there's this moment of like validation and affirmation sure. where it's like, cool, mm-hmm. like you might not be able to see what I see, but you saw my hair up and like one of them gets fully knocked over with a chair Paul, and has the yeah. marks on this body. And it's like, that's terrifying. But when they go into the little, I don't know, shed thing and she's shooting Um, and, and Paul is like, what, what are you doing? Um, Mm -hmm. or Greg, Greg, Greg's uh, on the outside Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but then the, the thing blows open and everyone's like, okay, what? And then the creepy kid that just appears and like growls at her. Oh man. Like all of those, they're so, they're so good. Um, and I don't know also, what's creepier when you recognize the person or not. Mm, like the fact that, right. that the one that on the beach that first comes up is her friend who's like yes. literally in the ocean. And so like – and she has her back to it so she can't even see it. But like those I, – I find those scarier when you know – when you see the person even though after we might realize who that person is to the person being chased. But like – Seeing a second version of the person who's already in the space with you is terrifying.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll just quickly add to that. I find in horror movies, what I find more satisfying than necessarily like defeating the evil or whatever it is, is when everyone starts believing you. There's mm-hmm. something so deeply satisfying when your friends are like, even if they don't have anything to base it on, they just just based on the trust of you and their friendship. Like in this one, like they kind of believe her and then they definitely believe her after that. But there's something right. very satisfying about that. Uh, definitely. Mm-hmm. And if we're talking about another Mica. Um, movie. uh, Watcher, the Watcher, mm-hmm. like, in terms of like, it's very nice to see her being believed by her friends <laughs> in this one, mm-hmm. as opposed yeah. to like, kind of being on her own in that one. Mm-hmm. We're fr- yeah. We're Me and Mike are friends. That's why I use only her first oh. name. Her yeah. first name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's super close. You're one of the
0: friends that believes her. That's why you're so close. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. Great.
2: Um, <laughs> and one last thing I'll say that I really enjoy is like, that end fight sequence in the swimming pool is really Mm -hmm. good um it's just like the tension's really high and like every time that jay gets something thrown at her i'm like wincing watching it because like she's getting hit um yes and and but also like is terrified and in a in a wildly vulnerable place um so it's i'm like curious like what their what their actual plan was like was their plan to try to like lure the creature into the pool and then electrocute it. Right.
1: Um,
2: but then, like, the creature didn't actually get into the pool, so now she's in the middle of the pool with all these things all around her as, like, mm-hmm. weapons. Um, but, yeah, when, when, it, when it all comes together, uh, although what I don't like is when... There's too many guns being shot with, like, reckless abandon, where, like, yes, yes there's a real threat, but remember, there's also, like people behind those real threats so I I wish there was better uh gun handling and gun control in this film their friend gets shot in the leg and they are not tending to her at all she's just holding her her calf in the back and they're like Jay Jay are you okay and she's like I've been shot I just got shot (laughs) Hello. What like, are you doing? Why do they just not, they just don't acknowledge that at all, which kind of bothers no. me.
0: <laughs> For sure. I agree. I definitely was like, are you guys going to help your friend or no? Okay, cool. All right. Here we go. It's fine.
2: Oh man. Well, <laughs> I'll stop there and, uh, and pass it on.
0: Yeah. I, I just want to piggyback off of what you guys were talking about at the beginning with the, the, differences in not knowing what the time period is because it definitely even with like her hair I felt like uh Jay's hair specifically like the little side bang and the very like long but layered hair reminded me of like the early 2000s and so I thought mm-hmm. that this movie was maybe like 05 06 but even I don't know if you mentioned this scene might Brian but even the tvs I was looking at um the, when they were watching the tvs and thinking like Oh, if this is supposed to be like in the modern, like what they're watching and the style of TV that it is, is mm-hmm. like very
1: 80s. Totally. Because
0: um, I literally was thinking like, what are you guys watching on this TV? And there was like yeah, two like, TVs stacked on top of each other too.
1: Totally. Like the, yes. like in the 80s, you might be watching those like 40s and 50s movies. Like exactly. Like it made like mm-hmm. perfect sense. Totally. It's on my list. I don't know if I said it. So I'm really happy that you brought that up again.
0: Yeah. Um... But I never, th- I never thought about it. I just assumed that everything was kind of early odds, but it's just a great point that things were a little bit all over the place. But it wasn't distracting to where I was questioning things that were happening, which was nice. Um, of course, guys... The this movie was on top 10 listicles that I have watched and seen on Watch Mojo multiple times. Sure. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I knew everything that was gonna happen, but I feel like my <laughs> uh the first time I watched this was a pandemic watch because my friend, shout out to Whitney, um, oh. suggested this movie for me to watch and then it was streaming, and so I watched, it, and that was my first experience watching it. And so now I, and I hadn't watched it since. So now going back and watching it again, it was nice kind of like remembering what happened, but still getting um, scared at some things. And I will say the one jump scare that got me, and I was really mad that it got me, was when she was in the mirror and she was just like examining herself after Jay after everything had happened. Oh, and yeah. And the ball hits the window. And I <laughs> definitely just like jumped and I thought, oh, my
1: God. Well, yeah. Because on the second watch that's not the jump scare you remember. You remember right. the beach. You remember both beach scenes. You remember the the man in the, the house. house. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. you remember all you remember the pool sequence, but like you don't remember her checking her her genitalia and then like the like ball hits the window. That's not the one you remember. No. Totally. Uh,
0: and it got me and I was very upset guys, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we moved past it. I agree. It's a great opening because of the fact that you can't see the killer, but you see the remains of the victim. I think that's absolutely genius. I want to also piggyback because I wrote in uh, this multiple times, but Brian was talking about the scoring and how it was very 80s. And I absolutely thought that the themes in this were very much Halloween vibes with the the scents in really high pitched mm-hmm. tones was absolutely 80s. And another thing was the cinematography as well, because you have have all of these 360 views, um, going around the whole like perimeter Mm -hmm. and then zooming into one thing is absolutely, absolutely like Halloween movie, uh, Mm. eighties vibes. Um, which I think brings about that kind of nostalgia that you have for, uh, um, older horror movies. Um, and that's like exactly how I felt because the setup was, you know, pretty much the same as far mm-hmm. as how they filmed how they filmed this uh, movie. And uh, some other things that were just kind of like a little little gripes, but things that I just was like, what? Question mark? These kids There's are just, bitty you know. Itty bitty gripes. Itty bitty gripes. These kids are just not in school. They're like driving around. <laughs> There's no parent, parents around, like mm-hmm. helping them, which I kind of liked it that they had to go at it on their own because I guess to Jamie's point of like, when things are happening in your friend group, like it is only you guys and you're not really kind of calling so much on, on parental figures to, to help you. Um, but it was just so weird that it was like, yeah, we're just going to drive off to this beach or this, you know, cabin over here for however many days. And like, no one, I don't know who knows where they are. There's no cell phones. You know, so people aren't, you know, being able to contact people or at the ready. Um, So it's just like, y'all are really out here doing whatever you want. Okay, cool. Great. My mom would have an absolute fit. (laughs) Uh, Another kind of right, but maybe just uh, not even a plot hole, but maybe just something that I wanted to see or connect the dots with was after Greg's death and there was like police outside. But, like, nobody is questioning, like, the neighbors or, like, questioning Jay mm-hmm. or her friends. And, like, Jay went into the house, you know. And so, like, who called the police, you know, to get there? And, like, did Jay just even sure. disappear and was like, okay, whatever. So I just thought that that was weird. Even though Greg was sleazy anyway, I was really happy that he got got <laughs> because he was just, like, <laughs> scamming on all the girls. And he's like, I don't even believe your sister. I just like Mm. did this just to kind of ease her mind. So I was like, okay, yeah, Greg, you need to go. Oh, bye-bye. Um, also question for the group. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Mm. question for the group. So when Jay like drives off and I forgot exactly what happened before this, but then she's on a beach and she sees the guys on a boat and then she Mm -hmm. takes off her clothes and gets into the boat. But then it cuts to whatever. So we're just gonna assume that like maybe she was gonna try to pass it off and then didn't pass it off. Is that what the vibe is?
2: That's what I think happened. Like she thought in that moment about like doing it again, and and then bails on her plan.
0: Okay, because I was like, what what's 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 happening here? Because then they were like, yeah, do you want to pass it on? And she was like, no, it's all good. Um, Yeah, but I thought that it was smart of them to one try and trap the thing so they can kind of end it in general. And then two, when realizing that that couldn't happen, like as sucky as it is, I thought it was a smart idea to give it to a a prostitute because then, you know, that is going to get like passed on, even though you're still looking over your shoulder because you don't know what's going to happen, but it's like, you know, that it's going to get passed on, you know, um, so I thought that was just an, an interesting take on it. And I liked I I liked that the ending is kind of open-ended of you really don't know what's going to happen to these characters and they think that it's okay, but there's still, you know, the possibility, the danger, the threat is still there um, mm-hmm. because not everything is kind of like a happy ending. And sometimes I do like when horror movies are like, you don't get a happy ending here, but the demons are not slayed. They are still around because I mean, there are traumas and things that people will deal with for the rest of their lives, you know, and this is an extreme case uh, of, of trauma, but just the idea that like, there are people who will live with some form of trauma for their whole life. And I think that is relatable and not everybody gets like that kind of clear cut cookie cutter happy ending. So I dug it. I don't think I have any other things, but my I mean, again, I'll just state my favorite, favorite thing of this was the whole score of this movie. Mm -hmm. I just the second go around, I really was paying attention to how much the music really added to a lot of the moments Mm -hmm. um in in this movie. And uh I'll say that later. I was gonna ask a general question, but I'll wait till Brian does his likes and gripes and then I'll I'll ask the
1: question. So go ahead, Brian. Uh, general question uh, just yes. to backtrack for a second um, the hanukkah song was presented on SNL um, oh but God. it was rewritten a bit for um his album so while it did premiere on that the the the, the album version is tweaked a little bit anyway Got it. back to it follows <laughs> um, yes. yeah this is definitely one of my favorite have to break the curse movies where the movie is spent trying to undo what happened in the first 10 minutes um, mm-hmm. definitely appreciate that. Um, I liked, I like how pithy the storytelling is in this movie. Um, just with pictures and neighbors kind of chattering, um, you find out that they have an unstable home life. You get that parent of the picture with the grandparents and the kid, um, mm-hmm. to show that like, maybe like the parents were kind of absentee. I think at one point they're pouring booze into their cups and stuff like that. Yes. Like, um, the, th- just very quickly. Also the story that Paul and jay talk about about greg and like the the pornos on the front lawn and stuff like that that just sets up who greg is it sets up everyone's relationship we learn a lot about characters without them being like oh you dated greg once yeah i did like this like when was your first like like we got an interesting story that did a little bit more than just give us exposition information which i appreciated um I think that Micah Monroe's performance. In this is excellent. I I think she mm-hmm. she is deeply underrated uh, potentially as a scream queen, if you will. Um, Mm. even though she doesn't scream as much in the movies, you have the, you have this, the watcher. I have not seen significant other, but I know that she has a couple more horror movies coming out. The guy who did the black coats daughter, she's in his next movie, um, Mm. coming Mm. out. So like, I think she's wonderful in this movie. Her eyes are just so expressive and, and in this and the watcher where there's not a lot of talking, she just conveys so much. Um, Mm -hmm. so appreciate her. um, Someone score. said,
0: sorry, just to piggyback. I actually, someone mm-hmm. suggested to me the other day, significant other. Maybe we need to put that on our list.
1: Oh yeah. It's on Paramount plus that's on my list as well. Oh, okay, Oh, um, Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> no, that's great. No, I, I'm glad that someone said it cause it makes me want to watch yeah. it more. I, and then mm-hmm. watching this one makes me want to watch it more. Cause I just really like, um, I like watching her, her act. Yeah. Um, um, I also talking about the score, um, Um, notice there's no music, no score um, when they're having sex or when she's chloroformed. Any human scary thing does not have a score because your life does not have a score. Like when she's like mm-hmm. being chloroformed by him like that, the things that have the score are the impending followers and things mm-hmm. like that. And like Nikisha said, I actually have on my likes is that this has nightmare on Elm street vibes as well as Halloween vibes. You know, mm-hmm. you know, um, the Greg characters, a little bit Johnny Depp across the street. That mm-hmm. shot is almost like the same as, um, yep. Heather Langenkamp looking across the street on the phone. Mm-hmm. Like, that it feels very much this feels like Nightmare on Elm Street territory again 80s and then um and then just the suburbs that like that one note that feels like a heartbeat getting faster and faster creating that tension like that feels very Halloween-esque so I really appreciated that I also think that's why it feels nostalgic because it reminds us of those movies as well like Jamie had mentioned earlier Mm um um I really liked that, uh, uh, the, I I like the people, I like the people watching aspect of this, the beginning where they're playing the people watching game. I thought that was Mm. an interesting way of kind of getting into things. Um, I thought that the use, I mean, the use of PTSD in this as well was very interesting. Um, just that that in, in general. Um, I like that this curse is tough because it's dependent on others and it's never broken. Like I mm-hmm. think that says a lot. And at first I was like iffy on the rule that like if you've had it, And they pass it, you can still see it. Um, I was like, but that doesn't... I'm like, no, that makes perfect sense for this movie, what it's trying to do and what it's trying Mm -hmm. to say. Um, I like the idea of the city versus the suburbs. They have that conversation. But then also you see the in-between of like the the, the broken-down suburbs, the barbarian suburbs, if you will. Um, Yeah. Because like that's a transition, and these people are going through a transition. You know, a lot of them are out of high school. They're in college. They're kind of on their own. Their parents aren't there. Um, and and it and also that kind of like latchkey kid feeling. Even though this is more than a latchkey kid, because they're not in school really. They're in mm-hmm. their community college. That also brings it back to a time when before cell phones, and that's a nostalgic mm-hmm. aspect of it too. Where you're kind of just like, I'll be home at eight, and it's like you better be home at eight. You know, like that kind of thing. Um. Yeah, I just really, really, really enjoyed this movie um, a lot. This was my second viewing of it um, and uh, definitely held up, absolutely held up. I also like the foreshadowing at the beginning um, where she puts the ant in the water. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I think it means two things to me. One, it's foreshadowing of the end and trying to drown it in the pool and kill it in the pool. The second thing is, like, we forget that, like... To ants, we're the, we're the ones following them and killing them. You know, like, we all have our, like, demons, regardless of, like, how high, high on the hierarchy of, like, humankind, the animal planet yes. we are. Um, I thought that was super interesting, too. Um, That's deep. That's deep. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> Something else I really like that the name of the musical they're doing at the high school is the Mouse That Roared, or not the high school. I wrote that down too. Yeah, the 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 community college. Yes, I really enjoyed that. Also, that college reminded me of the Nightmare on Elm Street high school too. Um, Mm -hmm. That hallway scene where like you know she's having the dream in the school in Elm Street, and this like when the old woman is just following her with the knee brace. Um, I, don't, I don't really have that many gripes about this movie. I wanted to bring up the ending that people do have gripes about the ending. My personal opinion is that they wanted something more final and something more positive um, mm-hmm. because the, the the open-endedness and potential like unresolved nature of the end of this movie, because the movie is, reminds you of yourself potentially, that's kind mm-hmm. of a hard pill to swallow in some ways. Um one, uh, again, gripes why is she running in high heels and why would she run out in the open? I don't understand going to the mm-hmm. beach and, like, not having your back to the water immediately. There's so much room between the water line and her and then in front of her when the car is shining. I don't know. I, I would have planned that very differently um, in terms of if yes. I was being chased like that. But, you know, it is what it is. Um also, she stopped It makes stopped for running. a great scene on the beach. It does. And, and, re- <laughs> and, and realistically, she gave up. It was bothering her so much that she gave up because she would have kept driving if she wanted to escape it. Um, right. And then, um, I I like this movie doesn't fully roll, round out the rules. I think that's totally mm. okay. Um, however, the one rule that I would love to know is like, is it always following you? Meaning like if you drive two hours away... And then you drive two hours back. Is it meeting you where you ended? Or does it have to make that whole loop and then get back to you? So by travel, oh, are you able to like buy yourself a couple of hours? You know what I mean? Or mm. does it like disappear and then reappears? Because it does disappear at some points um, in the movie. Where like it's just not there anymore. So I, I, I don't, again, I don't really care. For this one, they give me enough rules to get by. But that's something interesting to me as well. Um, yeah yeah that that's uh oh and also another thing is the the boyfriend hugh or whatever his name was um i found yeah. it very weird that he he did an awful thing but he was tr- the character is trying to do the awful thing as respectfully respectfully as he can while still doing the awful thing you know what i mean mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm, not, mm-hmm. I'm not i'm not i'm not making excuses for him the character thinks yeah. he's doing a good job of doing the awful thing and that is why it's weird to me that he didn't give her clothes back when he drops her off in front of the house. Yes. Um, but it's more effective for the movie that the friends find her in her underwear on the road. I think it's a more visceral image. But it seems weird that he wouldn't, like, give the clothes back as well. Even if she's not wearing them, she's holding them. Anyway, mm-hmm. yes. neither here nor there. That that was just something that was interesting to me. No, um,
0: I agree with that. I, I literally thought to myself, it's like, if you're trying to do this in like a gentle way, why would you not give her her clothes back or like put her clothes back on for her before, even before you like tied her up, you know, on the, in the chair,
1: wheelchair thingy? It's like, what yeah. are you doing? I mean. Also, we're giving him too much credit, I think, because he's still a douchey douchey. Douche. I mean, absolutely, right. <laughs> Yes, a douchey.
0: Douche.
1: He's on the worst boyfriend list. Oh, for yeah, sure. yeah, definitely. Um. Yes. So I guess my. Oh, and also, I have a question. Are we to assume that the girl who dies at the beginning is one of his victims, like mm-hmm. he, like a failed girl of his, so that that's why he's, you know, with Micah Monroe Passing with Jay it on. at that point. Like that, mm. that gets I mean that's what I think. I'll just say that. Um, and then I have other questions. I have other Take questions about this, um. but um, but we'll, we can, we'll probably get to those in, in the other parts. Um, but uh, yeah, um, okay cool. That's it. That's all Grand.
0: I well, I do have a general gist question um, <clears throat> about do you feel like this movie is trying to say something about? sexual activity with teens. And I only ask this because one, as someone who grew up in heavy, heavy Bible purity culture, Mm with the minute I watched this, I was thinking about, oh, are they trying to say something about abstinence and like not having sex at Mm -hmm. all? Because, you know, a demon is going to follow you if you have sex. Like, that was where my brain went. And and I know that it's just a horror movie and it's not that, but it's just funny if you have grown up in, in, in spaces of that nature, how that can be like, oh, is this symbolic of this, you know? Um, And I was asking another friend who came from like the same kind of churchy background as Mm -hmm. me, but he didn't even think about like, that at all, what was really interesting is that he just thought that it was kind of a play on the trope of what we've all been talking about, 80s movies, and how the virgins are the ones that live, but the ones who have sex are the ones that end up dying or getting like killed by the slasher. Um, So he just thought that it was kind of a new play on that kind of trope of the fact that you're having sex and like this, this demon is following you as opposed to like, you're having sex for your own, whatever, whatever, but you just get caught by the killer, you know, um, in, in the activity and, and die. So I thought that was a, a really interesting thing. But do you guys feel like in general, this has a meaning? And then I'll tell you what I found that the director said about this movie about. Oh, hmm. interesting.
1: So you're testing us hmm. to see if we're smart. I'm
0: testing you. <laughs> Well, are we,
2: is this officially, uh, mm, Brains? Are
0: we? mm, Oh, I mean, I guess, I guess we can, we can, we can transition since we're talking about human behavior, how we feel about it. Okay, guys. So here we are in (laughs) Mm. Brains. (laughs) Mm. Tell me your thoughts. Tasty. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, I, (laughs) Ugh, it's so (laughs) My
1: brain doesn't want a
2: brain. Yeah, Brian, you use your big brain.
1: This is what I think. I think that this movie isn't trying to say necessarily anything about abstinence about that. I think it's taking something that you don't know that you're going to get that you cannot stop. That is not up to you because somebody doesn't share information with you and you get it. At, and it was not your will, you didn't see it coming, and it's very scary. This idea that you are first, this is, ju- you're you're in relationships at a young age, you're figuring it all out at the same time, and there's this one thing you kind of don't have control over, which is absolutely terrifying. Her friends are supportive in this. I think her sister at one point said, like, I really like him. You know what I mean? Like, he mm. them all, and then, you know, this is obviously a very specific situation where he's like, making sure that he passes it on. But then Mm -hmm. the thing is, once it's passed on, it's with you forever. You know, like it's, it's, it's that experience is tainted. You, even if you get rid of it and you pass it on, like you can still pass it on, but it doesn't leave you depending on what STD or STI it is. It doesn't leave you. It's now Mm -hmm. a part of you. So that's why I love the ending because like, even though she, she has accepted The fact that this is going to be with her forever, she has given it to her boyfriend and the two of them can live in a balanced life, but they know that they have it. It's always there behind them as a part of their history, their sexual history. And that's a scary thing because we see anything that doesn't go perfectly right with sex, you could see as a scary thing. So much surrounds sex that is scary. Children, STDs, feelings, um, abuse, assault. Like it is the center focus of so much fear in society and Europeans Mm -hmm. deal with that fear a lot differently than Americans deal with that fear. Absolutely. And and I think that this movie is just playing on that fear and I think in the end what it's trying to say is that growing up is scary. These things are scary but like at some point you just kind of have to accept that like this is a part of your history and be as respectful and as um, non ignorant and as open as you possibly can be with your friends, um, like so that that's how I see this movie. I don't think this movie is trying to say like don't fuck. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I don't. Yes. For sure. to, you know I mean? Oh wait, let me raise yeah, that.
2: Yeah, that's okay. A good, yeah, yeah. Things don't that this movie is not it. trying
1: to say: <laughs> don't fuck. <Right>.
2: Um, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: This movie, and, and I think that this movie is about a support system, and I think this mm-hmm. movie is about like accepting that that's a part of your history and it sucks, but deal with it accordingly. That's what I think it follows us about.
0: Yeah, Brian, I think that was an excellent explanation uh, of it. And very similar to what um, the director, David Robert Mitchell, said about it. Um, He states that I'm not personally interested in where it comes from. To me, it's dream logic in the sense that they're in a nightmare. And when you're in a nightmare, there's no solving the nightmare, even if you try to solve it. Mitchell states that while Jay opens herself up to danger through sex, the one way in which she can free herself from that danger, we're all here for a limited amount of time, and we can escape our mortality. But love and sex are two ways in which we can at least temporarily temporarily push death away. So that is his his take uh, on on kind of what the the meaning of of this is. But I also I think mine was better. Than the director I do too No I'm kidding. I'm
1: kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I do too it's a combo. It was it's very a combo. well no. <laughs>
0: eloqu- eloquently stated Brian um but yeah it but it's the same vibe it's not a sense oh, of yeah.
1: like
0: don't fuck yes yeah
1: But I like that I like what he, I mean he's the director he knows but like I really yes. like what he said about that idea that like like that very mortal thing can push death away and you have to deal with this consequences for that, for the, you know, how those two minutes or that, however long it is for you. <laughs> like, you know, like that, those moments are euphoria and there's a yes. lot of consequences that come from that. But if you open yourself up to big risks, risks, you better prepare yourself for big consequences.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it goes both ways. Cause it's not just yeah. like a, you know, good things can come from it, so it's also not stating yeah, like
1: yeah.
0: here are all of the bad that that comes from it. But um, so, and it's also it's also a thing of like you're gonna keep doing it anyway, so it's not like it happens right, to you and right. then it stops.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, what were you gonna I say, get, Brian? No, my general question, general question before we move on to like mm, brains, like deep deep into the brains. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want to talk about the boy, like. How, how bad of a dude? The boy is? Brahms? The boy... <laughs> yes, Brahms, the boy. Um,
2: Check your walls, folks.
1: Yes. Yeah, ah! Um, uh, so, yeah. Um, like, how bad was he... Like, we talked about him being a doo-doo, uh, a doo-doo douche or whatever we said earlier. Also, like, like, I guess my question is, what... How bad is he how respectfully did he not do it did he do it like he go bad, worst boyfriends list like like where are we on him because he's an interest to me he's one of the more interesting characters in this because like mm-hmm. he thinks he's doing it in a more respectful way like I'm helping you like you can see it but he's also it's a self-serving tactic because if she mm-hmm. doesn't know that it's coming she's gonna die immediately like mm-hmm. like at the end exactly like, I'm assuming that the gear um, the Paul character was just like he didn't tell the prostitute it's like watch out for people you know what I mean like they're gonna mm-hmm. die probably immediately and then it's back to them like it's very interesting so I just wanted to open that up I don't know what question I'm asking but I just wanted to open up mm-hmm. talking about him specifically if, if you wouldn't mind yeah
0: I mean number one he is a duty head regardless mm-hmm. but it's like what are your other what are your other options you know if this thing is coming after you, you are still kind of a young person. Um, it, it's, it's interesting because you can understand there's like no other option besides like a prostitute or whatever, but you're still like condemning somebody else to death because you yeah. don't want to die. So like, I think any
1: situation where you sleep with anyone is going to be like not morally sound. Like, what are sense. the ethics? Uh, I mean, if anything, the Micah Monroe character is more ethical about it because she told the two people pre-sex. But like, how yes. ethical even is it to pass it off to a prostitute? Because there's still a human being who is That's like exactly. living and That's breathing. My point. Yeah. Like, right? W- exactly. You know, I'm just. It's. I think that this is also a fascinating line of conversation for this movie in general. But I, w- I want to also want to hear what Jamie from as from the therapist has to say. Yes.
2: I think he's a juvie head. I think that. I think that. Who's it at the end? Paul, I think Paul's a duty head for for like not being open with a sex worker and like thinking that that's a good idea um, mm-hmm. because like just because their line of just because they're in sex work like doesn't then mean that this person they're we're like okay yes. to pass it along to like that's fucked mm-hmm. up um, and yeah like and again like thinking about you know. If you are passing it on, like how much information you're giving, because like it is self-serving. If you're telling somebody like, hey, we had sex and like, and you consented, but you didn't consent to like, <laughs> now you're going to be followed and yes. you are going to be murdered by this thing unless you like escape forever. Also separately, like what existence, this this is like more existential, but like what existence do you have? as a young person who now knows that you're going to be followed for the rest of your life, like how do you mm-hmm. live? Also, how did he like get that abandoned house? Anyway, that's like a whole other question <laughs> that I had, but like, he still goes home. So I was like, what was the point of the abandoned house? Like, do you still go there every so often just to like, I don't know, like, like hide out from people? the yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah or, I mean, yeah, like, it, we'll booby traps. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. I guess. Yeah. But like, I don't know. But, um, yeah like what kind of life do you live knowing that you're always running? Like that's like the question and that it poses to me. Like not that that means yes. you know if you if you do contract this that then you are then you should like die. Like I don't think that that's the thing. But I, mm-hmm. I you know it's <clears throat> thinking about like the the selfishness of the act of passing it on. Like what, what are you, like, how are you now living? You're, you're both living with the information that you continue to pass it on. Cause I imagine like, if you've, is it like, I mean, this is a rule question too. I'm getting in my own brain, but like, is it like Mm -hmm. linear in terms of like, if you, if, if you get it and then you pass it on to one person now, like they are next in line, but like, can you have sex with multiple people and Mm. now are they all potentially like, are you adding like a like a buffer layer to yourself Mm -hmm. where it's like now I'm spreading it out more and all of these people potentially have to die before I'm at risk again. Like that's not clear and I'm making up a rule, but um, Mm -hmm. like, is it like, because you don't, you ultimately don't know. You can see it following, but you do not know if it's coming for you Mm -hmm. until, uh, especially if you're with the other person until right. that person is definitively dead and then you are at risk. So like, what's the point of hiding if I, I don't know, it's just like, I have so many questions about like, how do you move forward from something like this in a way that's like ethical and still like hold like find meaning in your so, life if you know that you're being chased.
1: So mm-hmm. after this short conversation, I have another interpretation of the ending. Mm hmm. Similar to the way that she went into the water and then decided not to do it. What if Paul drove to the prostitutes, decided not to do it, the sex workers, decided not to do it. And so the ethical ending to this movie is that like they both know that they're next in line. They've stopped (laughs) this thing and now their life is just like running away from it. They're walking, holding hands away from that blurry figure in the background, whether it is or it isn't, it follows like it. Um, you know, they understand what their lot in life is. Now they are stuck in a rut in this suburbs of Detroit or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden, like that's what they chose. He decided to ethically not pass it on because he didn't think it was fair either, even though character wise, he might to protect her, but isn't protecting her even easier if you don't have to guess if the thing following you is for you or not, you know, you know that it's always coming. That for is you coming too. for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's another ethical ending to this movie. And I think that maybe that's, maybe that's the conversation we'll be having is like, because it's so vague. One version of this is that like they did the unethical thing, which was, which is a weird choice because they were making ethical decisions before this, um, with him having, going to the sex workers versus, um, him deciding not to do that. And like, they've just decided that like, this is now what they do. They just mm-hmm. avoid these things, but they can run together. They run, they can yeah. run away in their lives together or just walk down the street together. So that, that's another uh, potential option for the ending, which I kind of like a little bit better talking it out loud. I think I'm going to go with that. Yeah. One. Well, then mm-hmm. why have the, why have the scene at the beginning where she avoids them, where she decides not to give it to those boys in the boat, Versus, and then like, I choose to believe that these characters are growing in a positive direction. So like, her, she that's convinces fair. him to like, not, maybe he's struggling with it internally, going to the sex workers mm-hmm. and passing them by. I don't know. Now I'm rambling. But I think that that's an interesting concept.
0: Well, and now it's the the, the big question too, is, is there a morally ethic way to pass this on or is it more moral to just like Brian said this is your lot in life and you just keep moving forward Mm. like are we saying that passing it on is a no-go no matter what even if you are having a conversation with someone and like telling them beforehand and then someone like is like Paul as a friend says I'll take it and do you know what I'm saying? Like, would that be yeah. more moral to do to have the conversation before, know what it is, and keep passing it on that way, or just passing it on in general is just a no go?
1: Well, with Paul, now they're just passing it back and forth to each other. So, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's it's ping pong. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's it follows generational. Is that how and ping that works? Pong. I don't know. We don't know the rules. <laughs> right,
0: but I think yeah, Jamie like, brought up like a really good thing of buffer people and, and what, and what that is. So, but we don't know what those rules are, but yeah. all in all, the thing is consent people. So talk to your, talk, mm-hmm. talk to people. Don't just give things to people just Yeah. Because, curse consent. So I call it
1: curse consent, of course. Curse consent.
2: Yes, of course. Yes, of course.
0: Of course. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> uh, that was a good discussion guys. Okay, um, last question that I have is for Jamie. And how do you feel about using the same thing that caused you your trauma to release you or free you from that trauma? This kind of goes into Ooh. what the director was talking about.
1: Um, I don't like it at all. Yeah, tell me. Tell <laughs> me your thoughts. What a good... Um, I just want to say great question before we answer yes. it. Yes. Yay! I got yay. it from the director, but yes.
2: Yay! yay. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not a fan. It, it, there's like something to it that feels very like there is no control. I have no free will. We're just like perpetuating the same things that like we've experienced and been exposed to, um, Mm -hmm. whether we're aware of them or not. And I, I don't like that because I don't think that people, I like, I don't think that people like don't have the ability to get out of, like, cycles that aren't working for them, even if they have, like, you know, s- experienced it through other people or, like, they mm-hmm. themselves. And, like, I I believe in people's ability to, like, recognize those patterns and find another way. Um, so – but I think, like, that being said, that is very difficult, <laughs> So it's it's not like something that's like super easy and it's like now I'm aware and like now I can break the cycle and that's all that it mm-hmm. took. But like I think it takes a lot of work to trust yourself and like do work on yourself to, you know, identify your triggers and and, you know, ways that we can fall back into patterns and like really challenge ourselves to – use and practice tools that are, that are going to, and I'm speaking really vaguely and not on this particular like movie situation, Mm -hmm. but I think like in general, um, that, you know, just because like you've experienced a trauma, like it doesn't mean you're not set in stone where like you yourself are going to then like perpetrate that trauma to somebody else. Mm -hmm. I think like doing, doing the work on yourself and like processing that trauma to figure out, what like what's going on with all of that so that you can then like work on the skills so you can protect yourself and other people moving forward. In yes.
0: Future.
2: So break the cycles, folks,
0: break the cycles, go to therapy, figure go it to out. Therapy.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Wait, Jimmy going back. I don't know if you answered it. Yeah. Like the ethics of it all. Like, I want to hear your thoughts on the ethics of it all.
2: It's not ethical. It's not? <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's not. <laughs> uh, it's not. I mean, it's definitely not ethical to not tell them. I think that, like, you get a little bit more ethical when you are giving people all of the information, and then they have the mm-hmm. ability to decide for themselves how they want to move forward. Um So, like, now I'm going to get their names messed up. Um, Greg, I think Greg consented because I don't think he believed that, like, the threat was real. Um, Paul, I think, is different because, like, Paul believes it. And and there's, like, a willingness to take it on. I think, like, you know, because he likes Jay, but also because he cares about Jay and, like, wants to Mm -hmm. keep her safe. And, like, is willing – is, like, both buying into it, believing it – but also hopes that that's, like, a way for, for him to, like, protect her. But also, like, he's had feelings for her, so. Right. Yeah. So, like, uh, I think it's, like, I don't think anybody can operate. Like, this isn't a binary either where, like, you're either, like, ethical or unethical. I think there's a ton mm. of gray in this. And I think, like, if it's existing on a spectrum, then... It's better to give people all of the information that you have and let folks decide for themselves versus taking that, like, autonomy away and forcing Mm -hmm. them then to, Mm -hmm. like, without consent to be a part of this because that's self-serving. It's still self-serving, like, giving the information and they still consent to doing it because, like, now there's somebody else. But at least you're giving them the choice versus forcing someone to be a part of this. Um, right. Whether they then know it or not. Like, the least ethical is to pass it, not tell them that you passed it even after and just leave it be. Like, because then right. they don't know and they have no idea that something is coming for them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That is the least ethical. Spectrum. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: The
0: spectrum of it all.
1: Cool. Yeah. I took an ethics us- class in, in college. <laughs>
2: Yeah, what, only, what you whether you were coming in with?
1: <laughs> that's it. <laughs>
0: that's it. Just each of the class.
1: Yeah, I had I have to do a code it for of
2: ethics that I am bound by as a social worker.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, the only they ethics talk all I, about ethics it follows. Yeah, oh, yes. Just kidding. The only ethics I know are from the Good Place TV yeah, show. Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, so, what has We're all coming this from different me. angles.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right, should we do Rotten Tomatoes? Yes.
2: Sure. Did we talk Um, about the end of this, though? Like, is there, do we, like, other people don't like it. We all seem to be, like, cool with the ending. I I love love this ending.
1: And I actually think that our conversation about it made me realize different things about the ending. And now I subscribe to the epiphany that I had, which I'm sure other people have had already. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, I think that, I think that, They've just decided that this is going to be their monster.
0: Mm. Did why did other people not? Oh, other people just didn't like it because it was open ended. Is that what you said?
1: I think open ended. It it doesn't feel satisfying. I think it be, feels too real in some ways that they just like mm. learn to deal right with earth. it. Because when you watch movies, you want to see the evil defeated and stuff like that. That's my yes. assumption based on that. And and a, a couple of the little, like, blurbs I read on why people don't like it, it, it included a lot of that, too.
0: Mm. Okay. Grand. Grand. Huh. Well, we right. on Talking Horror dig it. So we give it the stamp of approval. Our dig it approval. Us. Dig it approval.
1: Yes. <laughs> All right. Rotten Tomatoes. The Rotten Tomatoes game. <laughs> what do you I'm think funny. this has? Rotten Tomaten. <laughs> what do you think this? It makes me laugh every time. I don't know why. <laughs> I
2: think it sounds funny.
1: Yeah. Rotten Tomaten. What do you think this movie has on Rotten Tomatoes? I'm going to say 68.
2: I'm going to say 78.
1: Well, you are both drastically wrong. This movie has a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, great. However, you are not wrong. The audience score is 66%. Wow. Which I wonder if that has a lot to do with that ending.
0: Yeah. Okay. Hmm.
1: Um, But the critics' consensus is smart, original, and above all terrifying, it follows as the rare modern horror film that works on multiple levels and leaves a lingering sting. I think that pun yeah. is gross, but uh, yeah, I think that that works for me. <laughs> Lingering sting. <laughs> Grand. <laughs> um, all right. Four S's? Yes. S's. All right. Skull, scare, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horn four S's. <laughs> The four S's are Skulls, Scares, Shakes, and Suggestions. We're going to rank Skulls, Scares, and Shakes, one through ten. And then we'll give a suggestion of a movie to pair with this. Skulls is Mental Health, Human Behavior. How well does the movie handle that? Scares is How Scary Is It? And then Shakes is How Much Are You Going to Shake This Off? Is it going to follow you forever? Um, Jamie, let's start Friend. with your numbers.
2: Um, For Skulls, I have another seven. I don't know if I should make it higher... I do really think that people are are peopling I think there's mm-hmm. like a lot of like logical rational decision making that feels really grounded and real. Um, I think that like you know perhaps in moments where people are are making silly choices it's really about like the adrenaline and fear that's happening in those moments so it's hard like you know if you're if you're being chased by something that like, defies logic it's those moments where you're like I don't understand like how is this happening to Mm. me where that's kind of preventing you from making moves and but that feels real because we're we're you know we're science-brained people we're trying to understand things and like sometimes there are things that just don't have an explanation so um I don't know maybe it should be an eight but I put a seven uh for scares I'm I'm giving this a four because that's probably somewhere closer to how I feel now. But like when I first saw this movie, the first couple of times, like it, it really scared the crap out of me. Um, the, again, like the, the ominous feeling that you have throughout this film, when the actual like monsters do show up unexpectedly, it's very scary. The score is really scary. Um, even the lack of score is really scary. Um, but I've seen this movie many times now, so I feel like that's impacting my score. Uh, for shakes, I'm giving this an eight. Like, I think that this is one of the best contemporary horror films that we have. Um, I really enjoy it. I like if you have not seen this movie, like, and you like horror movies, you have to watch this movie. It's just a great movie, you know, of recent history that is a, a really excellent watch, and it will stick with you forever.
1: Great, nice. thank you, Sha.
0: Skulls, uh, I'm, I'm going between five and six just for things that we've discussed, but it's a hard situation to decide if people are peopling in some instances. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give it a five. I'm going to put a five. Uh, scares, I'm also going to give this a five, uh, to piggyback what Jamie said with the scoring and then that dumb jump scare that got me. So I'm super mad about that. So I'm gonna <laughs> give it a five and then shakes. I'm going to give this a seven. Uh, I enjoyed it even more the second time I watched it. So looking forward to continuing putting this in my Rolodex of horror movies.
1: Cool. Ooh. Um, skulls, I'm going with a six, um, for all the reasons that we said, I'm taking Nikisha's six so that we have it in there. You know what I mean? Great, um, right, 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 right. Uh, scares, I'm giving it a 5.5 5 because I, I'm i taking what Jamie said, which is like, it, this was really scary the first time. Different things were scary this time in a different way, um, but not as scary per se. Uh, so more the what it's trying to do to you makes me feel scared. Um, so I'm giving it a 5.5 because 5 it's, it's still over the 50% mark. Um, and I give this an eight. This is like, suggestions easy watch there's a lot going for this movie it's it's very different than a lot of other movies um and even if you don't like it i th- feel like you appreciate it if you see it i don't know maybe i'm just putting words to people's mouths but um yeah that that's what i'm going with there um and i'll start with i have two suggestions for this if you don't mind me going first um Go for it. one of my favorite i gotta stop this curse movies is drag me to Hell."
0: Yeah, um, such
1: a great movie. Uh, obviously, different tone of this one. Um, but um, I, I also think the endings are more related than you think of those two movies. Um, mm. And then here's a weird one. It came out this year, and, I, and it's very divisive. Some people really liked it. I really liked it. Some people thought think it's a garbage film. But um, there's something wrong with the children. It was mm. one of the mm. Blumhouse straight-to-digital releases early in this year. I really liked it, and one of the things I really liked about it was the score. It's got this, like, weird 80s synth score. It's trying to be – and, like, it's trying to give those, like, 80s movies, like – weird, like pulpy feels to it. Um, I don't think it's as successful. It's not, let me to that. It's not nearly as successful as, as It Follows is, but I think it's somewhere on the spectrum of trying to do something. And while all the swings don't work, I appreciated the swings. So those are my two.
0: Nice. Um, I'll go. And this is, I feel like when we talked about this movie, I suggested, or we all suggested It Follows, but I'm going to put Smile in there as far as yeah. Curses. Yes. Jamie?
2: Yes. I also had Smile. Um, I also have The Ring. I, oh, nice. And in this yeah. conversation, one of the ones that I was thinking about um, was Teeth. Mm. Uh, because, Nikisha, you were – have you seen Teeth? Mm-mm. I think that you should watch Teeth. <laughs> Um, based on what you were saying about like growing up with like you know your experience with religion and like purity and that's that is where that movie starts Um, and then and I will Uh give a trigger warning (laughs) that there is like there is assault in that movie in a variety of ways Um, but and it's I mean it's another movie that's like about sex generally but like it, it is a lot about you know those experiences and how that plays into this person, um, you know, understanding sex and her body. Uh, and I won't spoil anything else because it's wild. Um, but that's, that's my other movie recommendation, but I also have a graphic novel recommendation. Um, this movie reminds me of a lot. If anybody's ever read black hole, Um, And I haven't read it in a very, very, very long time. Um, I read it. It's by Charles Burns. I read it back when I was in college because I took a whole Mm -hmm. one of my courses was on graphic novels, um, which was very cool. And this is about uh, a sexually transmitted disease. Oh, yeah, that's mine. Um, that Brian mm. borrowed from me because he was totally going to read it and then didn't Uh-oh. Um, and still has I'm going to start it, it
1: right now live on the podcast.
2: <laughs> right. Chapter um, it's one. A, <laughs> it's about a group of teenagers who are exposed to this like STD called the bug um, that causes mm. them to develop these like mutations. Uh, it's, it has like very disturbing imagery. That's the thing that really stands out to me. Um, but I remember it being really fascinating. So for any of you who are into comics or graphic novels, um, and also like horror and like weird adjacent things or like this movie, I would definitely recommend black hole.
0: Also, just because you said black hole, there might be of black mirror and guys, there's a new season <laughs> coming out in yeah. June. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So excited about that. Some fun, creepy, crazy times. Mm-hmm. Twist tons. Wizards. Grand. Well, I think that wraps up everything about It Follows. You can follow us on all of the social media, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, at TalkHorrorPod. And Brian, where can they listen to us?
1: Sure. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. So that's like Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us there. Five stars, please. Thank you. Thank you.
0: You know what? We did not talk about at all. I guess because there's not really a lot of like quotable things in this movie. But I, don't, what, what can we, what can we end with, producer Brian?
1: Well, obviously, everybody needs to audition for the Mouse That Roared, uh, the, yes. m- the musical at uh, Oakland University. Um, the Mouse That Roared. It has two weekends of performances. Uh, check it out at Oakland <laughs> University in Michigan.
2: Wait, do you remember the conversation that Paul has with that girl Yara in the beginning? And she goes, she's sitting on the, they're sitting on the couch. She's on her little uh, compact Kindle, Quindle, whatever we called it. And she goes to Paul, I have an idea. And he goes, what? And then she farts and then she goes, it got away.
1: (laughs) Yes. um. There it is. (laughs) There it is.
0: That's it. Jamie coming through. (laughs) Thanks, guys.
1: Bye. Bye.